So good to see you today. Everyone have a great Thanksgiving. Oh man, wasn't it good? I tell you, this is, uh, it, I love this time of year from the Thanksgiving into the Christmas season and it seems like our world and the culture today just completely forgets about God and Christianity and Jesus and everything until this time, which I know they're still wanting to forget it, but at least we do have a, a, a time on the calendar when we can stop and pause and reflect and give thanks and then transition right into a, a time of, of celebration. Take out your sermon notes, if you will, please, this morning. And uh, with your permission, and I'm assuming you're going to give me that because that's the direction that I'm going to go. Uh, with your permission, I am going to venture off of our D6 uh, themes for each week from now until Christmas. And I just felt like, um, I don't know, I just felt, just felt like I need to speak on Christmas uh, in these next several weeks going into Christmas, I'm going to be talking. I've put together a brand new sermon series. Uh, I don't even know what the title of the sermon series is going to be yet. I'll get that when we get to the end. But I just want a, a series of messages uh, on Christmas. And the first one is simply going to be entitled Preparing for Christmas. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. But then I want to get into the Christmas story. And I want to start unpacking that a little bit and, and seeing all the different elements and what was taking place from the angels to the shepherds to the wise men to the birth of Jesus and everything that was taking place in that time frame as we transition and move into uh, one, of the, one of the greatest times of year and that being the Christmas season. Now you know that Christmas is the promise and Easter is what? You should know this. The proof. Okay? We got to stay with alliteration, Eldon. You know, as preachers, got to stay with the alliteration. Christmas is the promise. And Easter, of course, is the proof that Jesus was who he, who he said he was. And so what a wonderful time of year, a season of year, uh, to be able to reflect and, and to think along those lines. In Luke chapter number 2, and you can turn there. I'm not going to be there at all. But you can turn there just as a way to start uh, in Luke chapter 2 and some of the other gospels. Uh, but in Luke chapter 2, you really have the Christmas story unfolded for us pretty, pretty good there. It's probably the Christmas story that most of us are familiar with uh, whenever we start thinking about Christmas. Matter of fact, in our, our gift wrapping, free gift wrapping that we're going to be doing at the mall, inside of our brochure, we have this story, the Christmas story that we're going to be passing out to everyone. I'm going to say more about the gift wrapping at the end of the service. So I hope and pray that you'll get, it, get involved and help us out with that. But this is a time of year. As soon as Thanksgiving is over and we transition into the Christmas season, this is the time of year where, where our attention turns now to Christmas. And I don't know, this. how, how many of you, uh, maybe on the day of Thanksgiving, that's traditionally the day that, that we do this, although I broke tradition, did it one day earlier uh, this year, simply because the weather, I was looking at the weather, and it's going to be nicer and the day before instead of Christ, or Thanksgiving Day. But that's the time of year, or Thanksgiving, is when we always... As a family, get out our decorations and we start the transformation of the house from just the, the, the normal, everyday decorations. We try to take most of all that down and start the transformation of the Christmas decoration. Any of you guys do that over the weekend? I saw some of you on Facebook, and I know some were doing that because I was following you on Facebook, and we were seeing that many of you were take, starting that, that transformation. Well, this is the season, and this is the time that, uh, that we do that. Matter of fact, uh, how many went shopping on Black Friday? Did you get out there? Isn't that fun? Don't you love that? 
I love to do that. And now we didn't get out there as early as what we normally do every Black Friday. Usually every Black, Black Friday for the past, I don't know how many years, uh, Debbie and I get up like at 4 o'clock or 3.30 and 4 and we just take off and go. And, uh, you know, back, you know, the kids are older now, but back when they were younger, there was the hot ticking item that they wanted for that particular Christmas, and we knew we had to get there early to get a good deal on it, or, uh, or to even get it at all, and so we would, that was kind of what our Black Fridays looked like, was scrambling and rushing out to get those, that, that special gift for, for our kids. This year, you know, kids are getting older, uh, Tyler in college, Christian in junior high school, and, you know, they didn't want the, the, the hot little toys that are out there this year. It's kind of, trend, they won't close and things like that. Now, well, you can get that stuff about any time, you know. So we didn't really have the rush to get out there at 4 o'clock in the morning uh, this Black Friday, but we did get out there, and I just enjoy just kind of getting out in that environment. I mean, it, to me, it's pretty exciting just to see all the people out shopping for, for other people and purchasing and buying gifts and thinking about all the, the time and the effort and, and that goes into finding that perfect gift. And I know Tyler and I, we, we got disconnected a little bit from the ladies and they were off looking at things, other stuff, the guys, you know, ladies clothing and stuff. We didn't care about looking at that. So we kind of made our own way. And, but we did find ourselves in, in a particular area and, and we were able to buy some surprise gifts for the family. That, that is so much fun, is it not? To be able to find something that you know your spouse or your, your children or someone may, may enjoy. And isn't it fun just buying that stuff? Am I the only idiot here this morning? Is, is anybody with me? I enjoy that. I enjoy going out and trying to find something uh, that they have no idea whatsoever that you would even think about getting that for them. But trying to put some extra thought into something to be able to give that gift I think is pretty pretty neat. I get kind of excited about that stuff. I know most of you guys are probably December 24th, you're going to go do that, right? I mean, right before Christmas, you'll take care of that. That's when my dad shops every year. He likes to go out on the 23rd and the 24th and do his shopping. Uh, of course, maybe that's old school. I don't like to wait that late. I like to have it done by then. The anxiety starts settling in for me if we're that late. But this is that time of year. When we start the, the transformation, when we start the, the mindset, when the, when the stores get crowded and, and the elevators are filled with, you know, the Christmas music. Matter of fact, um, matter of fact though, I, you know, this is the time of year it should start happening. I went to the dollar store back in Mascouda before Halloween and they already had Christmas stuff out. And I said, good grief, Halloween's not even here yet. You've got two aisles of Christmas stuff, so now it started so much earlier. But this is the time when now you start seeing all of that everywhere. You see, the decorations are up on Main Street. Um, uh, matter of fact, Debbie and I went yesterday and just walked downtown Belleville and, and just kind of just took in the, the, the Christmas atmosphere and, and we didn't do the horse rides but they had the horse rides up and down main street and we're just kind of walking in and out of the shops and but i just enjoy that time of year to be able to to just think about all the festivities and all the excitement that happens at the christmas season anybody with me y'all with me you enjoy that time of year i feel like the lone ranger up here this morning so don't leave me hanging stay let me know that that you're experiencing some of this stuff with me this morning but this is that time of year i guess with all that being said I really felt this, this desire to, to just speak on Christmas for a while. 
for the next several weeks. Now today's D6 theme is restoration and, and uh, you have that in your sermon notes. You have the D6 uh, fusion facts that we're going to be unpacking all week long. I want you to still continue to do that. Stay with that. I'm just going to break away from my sermons on Sunday morning and talk a little bit more about Christmas. Don't you enjoy riding around seeing all the yards that are decorated? And all the lots that are up. Now I've already got reprimanded by my daughter by not putting lots on the house as of yet. But we'll try and maybe get that one of these days. But I enjoy the, uh, all the decorations that you see, all the nativity scenes. I enjoy seeing that. And by the way, guys, if, you know, I, I want to encourage you to put a nativity scene in your yard. I mean, the city governments, although Muscuta, man, it's all over their parks and town, everything, they put it up. But a lot of local towns and cities are not even allowing the nativity scenes uh, to be on display. There was a thing on Fox News this past week about um, uh, at the, uh, at, up in D.C., at the, not the White House, maybe the House of Congress, some, somewhere up there, uh, there was a, um, a senator that always decorated his area with a nativity scene, and they were not going to allow him to put it up this year. And so he donated to a local church, and so they could put it on display. Play. But that's kind of where our world is coming. So take advantage of this time to be able to be intentional sometimes with your Christmas decorations. And let's, let's do the best we can to, uh, to just put our nativity scenes out there. And, um, you know, can I share with you maybe a little uh, something that, that we did? And this, I just felt inspired of the Lord to do this with my family. It's the first year we've ever done it. And uh, when, I, when I announced that we were going to do this, I got a, a little bit of deer in the headlight look or bullfrog in the hellstorm, whatever look you want to talk about. And, uh, but I said, we're going to do it. We put our nativity scene up and I put everything up, the whole decorations, everything on the outside was done except baby Jesus that goes in the, in the manger. And I left him inside by the fireplace, you know, I left him nice and warm in there. And I left him in there and I said, listen, as a family, when we get done with the decorations, as a family, we're going to go out and we're going to kneel at our manger scene and we're going to place baby Jesus in there, and we're going to have a family prayer, and we're going to pray around our nativity scene, and we're going to pray and ask God that every time somebody drives by and sees our nativity scene, that they'll be reminded about what the real reason of the season is, and that being Jesus. Now, when I first announced that in the family, Debbie's like, okay, yeah, we'll go do that. Kids were like, did dad just say we're going to go out and kneel in the front yard around the nativity scene? You know, that, they didn't really say that, but that was the look on their faces and I knew what they were thinking. I said, yes, we are. I said, I'll do the praying. You don't have to do anything, but we're all going as a family to do that. This is the first year we ever did that. And I don't know, I, I love that. I enjoyed that moment to be able to just kneel down and place Jesus in the little manger where he goes and have that time with the family and just pray and ask God's blessings on that nativity scene. And I love that. And that will be part of our tradition uh, from here on out doing that. But I want you to be intentional this Christmas season about keeping Jesus in the center of everything that you do. Because that's really what it's all about. Would you agree? How many started their decorations this year? You started already? How many went through the transformation in your houses? That's the title and the thought of my entire message in my sermon. As we were doing the transformation in my house, I started thinking about all that takes place in our household to get ready for the Christmas season. Now, and I, I broke it down into four different areas that we do in our house just in the decorating. Number one, before any deck, this, this isn't a sermon note, don't put this up yet because I'm not there. This is by way of introduction, okay? But the first thing that we do is completely clean the house. I mean, nothing can be put up until the house has had its cleaning. 
I mean, you know, you're, you're moving things around and, you, you know, you start the dusting, the vacuuming, the cleaning, and all of that's taking place. Now, I'm usually outside. That takes place with my wife on the inside. She takes care of all of that. But there's this mass cleaning of the entire house from top to bottom. Everything gets cleaned from top to bottom. The second thing that happens in our household is that furniture starts being rearranged. I mean, we've got to make room for the tree, and it's got to go somewhere. So we start kind of moving around the furniture, rearranging the furniture in our house to make room for the tree and, and the nativity scene on the inside that we put up and just other things. So we got to start rearranging some things. The third thing that takes place in our Christmas season is the decorations come out. We go down in the basement, we go back into the storage room, we pull out these big plastic tubs of decorations that we have accumulated all through the years and it keeps growing and growing. <laughs> Does it not? Those tubs, and, uh, it's, it's just hard to throw away Christmas stuff. It, if you don't use it, you just kind of stick it in a box and save it and put it back. And So we start bringing all these boxes out and we start unpacking all these boxes and we put the tree up and then all the lots and the ornaments and, and the mantle and the nativity scenes and the, everything just starts coming out and, and it starts the transformation process in the house to make it look like Christmas. And I guess at all, the climax of it all, for us, it's Christmas Eve. For you, it may be Christmas Day. But it's when you do the giving and the receiving of the gifts. You see, the climax of it all is to be able to have everything decorated so that we can have this, this wonderful environment to be able to give and receive the gifts that we have purchased for one another and thus trying to show our love for each other. Well, I started thinking about what we were doing. Now, for us, we did it the day before Thanksgiving this year instead of we usually do it on Thanksgiving Day. I started thinking about what, what we're doing. And I was able to build a message off of that. So while I'm outside, we've got Christmas music playing all through the house. It's playing out in the garage, and I got it cranked, and we're decorating. The house is taking on the transformation, and it's all getting decorated for Christmas. I started thinking about what we were actually doing and then applying some scripture to it, thinking, you know what? There's a message here. And so I want to share that message with you that I feel like God gave me on Wednesday of this past week about preparing for Christmas. Now, there's some things that we've got to do in our own heart, in our own life, as we make the preparation for the Christmas season. Not only just our houses. It's got to go much deeper than that. It's got to go further than that. It needs to settle into our hearts and into our lives, into our thought process and into our actions and, and into a pattern of living. But I want to share with you this morning, as we start thinking about this, I think God illustrates all of that pretty well, what we naturally do with our homes in Scripture. Number one, write this one down. The first thing that must take place in our lives and our hearts as we prepare for Christmas is there must be the cleaning of the heart. Now, if you remember, I shared with you, before any Christmas decorations go up, the entire house gets cleaned. From top to bottom, it is spotless. I mean, it is actually, literally spotless from top to bottom. It is clean before we start doing any decorations whatsoever. Guys, you realize that's what must take place in our hearts and our lives? For us to really experience Christmas to the fullness, for us to really understand what Christmas is all about, there must be that cleansing that must take place in our heart, not just the outward appearance, but the inward heart of each and every one of us. There must be some soul searching. We must look into our hearts and the cleansing must begin there. Turn in your Bibles, if you will. I intentionally did not put the scripture on the screen for hopes that we, it would force us all to bring our Bibles with us to church. 
I noticed when I used to put all the scripture on the screen, I noticed that people came to church without their Bibles, and that troubled me. It really did. Maybe call me old-fashioned, call me old fogey, whatever, but I, I want you to bring your Bibles. I want you to open your Bibles. I want you to turn to the page. I want you to read the scripture. I want you to see it for yourself, okay? Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 8. Look what this verse says. And this is Jesus, and this is the Beatitudes. But look what he says in verse number 8. Blessed are the pure in heart because they will what? See God. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. In the original language, the word blessed just simply means happy. Matter of fact, it's a double positive. And, and it means happy indeed. Happy, happy indeed are you. Why is it saying that we're going to be happy? Because one day we will do what? We will see the Lord Jesus Christ. And what needs to take place in our life for us to be happy is we need to have our heart cleansed of sin. And the only way that can take place is when we realize that Jesus died for our sins, we ask him to forgive us of our sins, to come into our hearts and into our lives and forgive us of our sins. That's how the cleansing takes place. But guys, you know what? Even after you pray that prayer of salvation, and as we live this Christian life, I don't know about you, but sometimes, to me, my heart seems more polluted than it does pure. But it says, blessed are the pure in heart. You see, sometimes I feel like my heart's polluted. You say, you're a pastor. Yeah, but sometimes my heart, I feel it's polluted. For instance, when I'm driving down the interstate and somebody cuts me off, oh, that, that NASCAR mentality comes out in me. I want to bump them, you know, I really do. Matter of fact, I remember back years ago whenever I drove a truck for UPS and we drove those big old brown box trucks, we used to play tag at about 60 miles an hour going from one city to the next where we would do our delivery. We'd go up behind each other and literally bump each other and just kind of just, just bumping each other down the road. So I know what it is to bump somebody. And there's times when I want to, man, I cannot believe. Am I the only one that has any of this righteous indignation taking place in our hearts and our lives? I mean, sometimes, I, sometimes that just makes me ill. You see, it's th those moments when I realize that I've got a polluted heart. Hello? I mean, if just the matter of somebody's driving can make me angry, then it makes me rem reminds me that I've got a polluted heart. Also, sometimes I get, I get frustrated when my best plans come unraveled. You ever been there? Man, you plan, you work, you, you process something, you think about something, and, and all of a sudden it just, nothing goes as planned. And my, sometimes I get frustrated there. And sometimes I start thinking things I, I shouldn't be thinking. Am I the only one here that can experience any of that? You see, all of that is signs of a polluted heart and not necessarily a pure heart. Now, I didn't go out and, 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 and intentionally go out and do some bogus sin, but these are little things that pollutes the heart that we must pay attention to if we're going to have the proper preparation for entering into this Christmas season. The cleansing of the heart must take place. You know, I think about some more pollution. I think about how sometimes I lose my temper over stupid and insignificant things. <clears throat> Am I the only one that's ever done that? We've all done it. Haven't we? Now, I don't throw the hammer like I used to throw the hammer, but sometimes I want to, 
And I'm glad it's got that big, nice rubber handle that flares on the end that may keep me from throwing it. You ever lose your temper? Come on, guys. Boy, I'm so glad the cordless drill with the little screws came into my life. Men, do you remember putting up valances or mini blinds back in the day and those little tiny nails that you had to stick in that little tiny bracket and then try to, you guys remember that? And then try to get a hammer and nail. Oh my goodness, I put more holes in drywall in those days than I care to think about. I'm talking about how sometimes our heart can get polluted. When we get frustrated when things don't go our way. And what about this one? Hmm. I hope I'm not the only one confessing up here today. I hope we're all experiencing this a little bit. But what about the times when jealousy slips into our heart and into our life? And we're jealous sometimes over others' achievements instead of our own. And we look and see what others are doing. And we get a little bit jealous. What's that called? It's called a polluted heart. It's called sin. And you know what, guys? Sometimes I myself, as a pastor, look around and I see some other ministries and other churches and I see some buildings that other men have every Sunday they're able to get up and preach in and sometimes there's a spirit of jealousy that comes up and I'm thinking, but you know what, I have to confess that. I'm just trying to be transparent with you here this morning. Hey, I I fought the same battles you fought, okay? But I'm talking about if we're really going to experience Christmas, then we've got to do the cleansing, not just of our houses but of our heart because sometimes sometimes my heart feels polluted and the Bible says blessed happy happy indeed are the pure at heart and guys the only way we can have a pure heart you'll never have it by yourself or in and of yourself the only way you'll ever have a pure heart is when you ask the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your heart and into your life and to forgive you and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness even some of the pollution that enters into our heart and into our mind and into our spirit. Can I get amen right there? So in preparation for Christmas, there's got to be the cleaning of the heart. Number two, jot this down. There must be the rearranging of priorities. You remember I told you that in decorating our house, before any decorations are put out, the cleansing takes place. Everything is clean. But then, then we start the moving around of the furniture. Just rearranging the living room, rearranging the dining room a little bit, tweaking things here and there so we can get the Christmas tree where we want it. We can have the accent areas where we want them. I mean, the rearranging takes place. As I started thinking about us this past week, and Kristen and Tyler actually are the ones that kind of flew in there and grabbed the couch and moved it and the love seat, and I thought, man, that's pretty nice. They're kind of just moving that stuff around everywhere. And there is an advantage to having some older children. They can do some of the labor for you. Amen? Anyhow, they were moving the furniture around and moving in tables around, the coffee table around, and kind of getting everything put in its place. The thought ran through my mind. Boy, if we're going to experience Christmas the proper way, we've got to rearrange our priorities. We've got to rearrange our thought process. We've got to rearrange the things that are really, really significant and very important in our heart and in our life. Matthew 6, very famous verse, one you should memorize. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. You see, Jesus there in Matthew 6, number 33, he was giving us the antidote for worry. He said, if you just seek me first, I'll take care of all this other stuff in your life. You see, you don't have to live life filled with anxiety and worries. 
Jesus says, seek me first. I'll take care of that. Now, if you're a worry wart here this morning, I want you to live in Matthew 6, And I want you to reprioritize everything and give it all to Jesus and let him take care of it because he said, if you seek me first and seek my righteousness, all these other things will be added unto you. I'll take care of all of those other things. You see, just as we rearrange our homes in the Christmas season, just as we rearrange our schedules, by the way, how many has already been rearranging your schedule? From now all the way to Christmas Day, you've been planning things and putting things on the calendar. And what are you doing? You're what? Rearranging things. So you can get it all to fit in there. You see, guys, we don't need to just rearrange our furniture, rearrange our homes, rearrange our schedules. We need to rearrange our priorities. And we need to put first things first. Or what are first things first? The very first thing is, is the Lord. He needs to be in the center of everything that we're doing. You see, a lot of times, we become so centered on the shopping for the right gifts that we forget to tell others of the perfect gift. And some of our priorities that needs to take place is, yes, Jesus first, but also our witness. What a wonderful time of year to share your faith. Instead of just rushing through the shopping centers and the malls and the outlets and everywhere to find the perfect gift or, or, the, or the right gift, why don't we think about the perfect gift? What was that? That's when God gave His Son. And look for those opportunities to share that gift with others. And by the way, I hope you know what your priorities should be. And this is for every single one of us. Priority number one for every single one of us is your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's first and foremost, above everything. Mothers, above your children. Husbands, above your wife. Your per and above your job and your career. Your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is first and foremost in your life. That's it. And number two, if you're married, it's your spouse. That's your number two priority, in, not your children, not your job. Not your in-laws. Hello? Sometimes, you know, you tell mom and Paul in-law, hey, you're not, you're not on the priority list. Hello? Yeah, I got an amen somewhere. I don't know exactly where that came from, and I won't ask for it. But, you know, I don't mean you don't love them, you don't honor them. But you know what? There needs to be that, that leaving and cleaving and weaving that needs to start taking place in your marriage. Hello? Come on now. Priority number two is your spouse. Priority number three are your children. And priority number four is your job. You see, for me, it's all alliterated. It's P's. Number one, my personal relationship with Christ. Number two, I'm a partner. If you're married, you're a partner. It's my wife. Number three, I'm a parent. It's my children. Number four, I'm a pastor. It's my church. You see, I love you guys, and I love this church, and I'd, I'd do anything for this church. But I won't sacrifice my relationship with Christ in doing it, nor will I sacrifice my marriage and my relationship with my wife, nor will I sacrifice my relationship with my children in order to build a great church. Hello? I mean, those are four priorities that every single one of us need to have in our life. The Lord first, your spouse second, your children third, and then your job and your career and other activities and whatever else they may be. This Christmas season, why don't you just rearrange your priorities? Why don't you just think about what's really important? You know, let's rearrange them. And, and in the area of gifts, let's rearrange our priorities a little bit there. Instead of putting all of our focus and energy on the right gift, 
let's put some more energy on the perfect gift, which was the Lord Jesus Christ. And let's look for opportunities to share Him this Christmas season with someone that may not know Him. Amen? Number three, jot this one down. Now we're at the decoration phase of our house. We cleaned everything. We rearranged all the furniture. Now it's time to bring out those boxes and start unpacking them, putting the tree up, decorating the tree, decorating the mantle, decorating the, the hearth, decorating the, the, the dining room table, decorating the, the, the coffee table, the sofa table, all the decorating everything. You know what needs to happen to us spiritually? The decoration of our heart needs to take place. Well, what is that? Well, I want you to look, if you will. I'm not going to make you turn to Ezekiel. Ezekiel eleven nineteen says this. It says, I will give them one heart and put a new spirit within them. I will remove their heart of stone from their bodies and give them a heart of flesh. But I do want you to turn to 2 Corinthians. Look at this one. 2 Corinthians, it's in the New Testament, chapter 5, in verse number 17. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation... Old things have passed away. And look, new things have come. Well, how do we decorate our heart? Ezekiel says that God says through him that I put a new spirit in you. I put a new heart in you. The parallel passage will be 2 Corinthians. When we accept Christ as our Savior, the old things are, are now forced out of our life, pushed out of our life, and new things are brought into our heart and into our life. You see, that's the decorating that needs to take place. You see, the Lord wants to decorate our love, but the, our heart. And the only way He can decorate our heart with His blessings and His goodness and His wonderful gifts that He wants to bestow upon us, the only way He can do that is when we relinquish control of it. You see, He's not going to kick His way into your heart, into your love. He's not going to bulldoze His way in. He will only come in and redecorate your heart when you invite Him in, when you allow Him to come in. I love the passage, and I should have put it in your notes for you, over in Galatians, where it talks about the, the fruits of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. And there's another great parallel passage for this very same point. And it talks about the works of the flesh and, and all that takes place there. And then it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, which are love, joy, peace, meekness, temperance, and so forth and so on. That's what we need to decorate our heart with. With a spirit of love and compassion, with a spirit of concern. By the way, guys, let me say this. Thank you so much for all of you that brought food for those that, that gave money to this needy family, this past Tuesday, Debbie and I were able to meet with them and, and load up their truck. You would not believe, I want to put up pictures and absolutely forgot to put the pictures up. I'm sorry, I'll put them up for you next week. But I wanted you to see, the, I think I sent them out on email though. Did you see the pictures on email? Um, the back seat of my car was running over. Matter of fact, I shut one door and I started just packing stuff against that door all the way to the back seat and then shut that door. Then opened up the trunk. We had two big boxes. I could barely carry those boxes, and I shoved those all the way up in the trunk. Then we started packing. I couldn't get anything else in the trunk. And then the turkey and the pans and stuff, I just put in the front seat. And then many of you gave cash. We were able to give $210 to this family cash. When we, yeah, give the Lord a praise offer. That's awesome. I mean, in a short notice, guys, you stepped up, and thank you for doing that. But that's, that's decorating the heart with those good things. Whenever we saw her... And we said, you know what? We know there's a need. And our church just wanted to help you this Thanksgiving season. And Debbie told her, said, we've got you a turkey. And she said, oh, just bring it. Thank you. She was so thankful for the turkey. 
She said, I'll just put it in the front seat. And I said, honey, what we brought you ain't going to fit in the front seat. And I, it's not. And she had a truck and it was covered. And when she saw what we brought her, she just started weeping. She fell into Debbie's arms and just started crying and weeping and so thankful. And man, that just broke my heart in a, in a joyful way. And guys, you know what? That's what we need to look for this Christmas. There's somebody out there that we can invest in. There's somebody out there that, that we could serve. And that's, that's the whole heart of, of our servant evangelism this Christmas season. I'm going to say more about that at the end of the service. But guys, let's look for ways to decorate our heart with love, and joy, peace, temperance, meekness, a servant's heart and attitude. Let's allow the, the Lord to... If we don't allow Him to decorate our heart, you know what it would be full of? The works of the flesh, which is horrible stuff. Let's allow the Lord to decorate our heart. The fourth and final thing that I want to share with you in preparing for Christmas, it all culminates with the receiving and the giving of gifts. The receiving and giving of gifts. Now that's kind of what it all comes down to. That's really the heart of Christmas. God gave His Son. The Lord Jesus Christ was birthed. The incarnation took place when He came into this world through the Virgin Mary. And that was God giving us this wonderful gift. And guys, you know what we need to do? We need to realize that whenever we're receiving and giving gifts, that God gave His greatest gift when He gave us His Son. John 1 and 12 says, But to all who did receive Him, to them He gave them the right to become the children of God and to those that believe in His name. Have you received the Lord this Christmas? If you haven't, now's the time to do that. And then now's the time to give that gift. What gift? The gift of Christ. You see, there's a whole world out there that, that they're very familiar with religion, but they're not real familiar with the relationship. And that's the heartbeat of Victory Church. I hope you can feel that and I hope you know that. We don't want to just be involved in a bunch of religious activity. We want to be centered around a relationship. And that's what the Lord said the greatest commandment was when someone went up to him and said, Lord, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. You see, Jesus even said the most important thing in your life is have a relationship with God and have relationships one with another. Give and receive. Give and receive. Look for those people that don't know Christ. Give that gift. Receive that spirit of forgiveness. We've already had that time of reflection before our communion. Hope and pray that you, you receive forgiveness from the Lord. It's there. But wisdom is there. Power is there. So much more is there that you can, you can receive from the Lord. But it all centers around the person of Jesus Christ. Receiving Him. And this Christmas season, as we're thinking about giving and receiving gifts, I want you to think about it in the spiritual realm as well. Look for those individu individuals that you can share Christ with. That you can do a, a, a work of kindness for them and be able to share Christ with them this season. Look for someone that you can just be a blessing to. Amen? I mean, really, when all is said and done, when all is said and done, it doesn't matter how much wealth you accumulate. When all is said and done, it doesn't matter how big of a house you have. When all is said and done, it doesn't matter what kind of car is in the garage, what kind of jewelry is in the jewelry box, what kind of cash is in the bank, or how many stocks and bonds you may have. When all is said and done, all that matters is did you love the Lord and receive Him as your Savior? 
and need you to love those around you and build great relationships. That's really all that matters. Hello? This Christmas season, let's prepare our hearts and our lives to enter into the greatest four or five weeks that we ever have on this earth is this time when we celebrate His birth. The prophecy being fulfilled of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder as every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Where are you with your preparations for Christmas? Have you given your heart and your life to Christ? Have you had the cleansing take place in your life? Maybe you need to rearrange your priorities. Maybe you need to decorate your heart with a spirit of kindness and goodness and meekness and temperance and patience and so forth and so on. But then also, maybe you just haven't shared Christ like you should share Him. Right now, will you just pray?